The talk this evening is on being and doing. In the meditation practice, in the instructions and in the practice, we tend to put considerable emphasis on the idea of being. And there are many reasons for this. Um, a main reason being that, um, being that, <laughs> uh, in our lives outside of retreat, we find ourselves very much doing. And our lives, for most of us, and for most of the time, generally are very much tied into and caught up in doing. And we're very strongly conditioned, for the most part, from very young age, to be doing. It's kind of drummed into us the importance of doing, of having right job and having a family and doing this and doing that and not just doing but doing it right and doing it well and and um, and we're conditioned to to believe to a very large extent although certainly many people on retreat many people who come to retreats are very much questioning and challenging this but we're very much conditioned to to believe that we need to be doing in order to achieve, in order to acquire, in order to gain, in order to get, in order to become. And with this conditioning and with with um, with this idea being instilled in us so strongly from from so many different places and so many different aspects of life, for the most part, most of us have become very good, very skilled at doing. And I think we can see that this does cause a lot of trouble for us. Because we're so good at doing, we can see how easily we keep doing, 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 until we can't do anymore. And this happens because I think we've gotten so locked into doing that we don't we don't know what it means we don't understand what it means to be and I would say that most people in this world don't even have it as a concept there's just no awareness at all of the possibility of living in a way other than doing, 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 doing and so in the meditation we put somewhat more emphasis on being because the being has many values. There's much of value in learning to be, in knowing what it means to just be. And one of those values, a big value, one, one of many values, is coming to understand, coming to know, coming to recognize, coming to learn what it really means to be a human being. So much of our time is spent in doing, that we're really human doings. And we, and we just have no clue, no idea at all what it would really mean to be a human being. And so in the meditation, in the, me- 
meditation, we put more emphasis on the being to see if we can come to some understanding of what that means. And coming to understanding of what it means to be, to learn how to allow ourselves, to allow ourselves to really be humans, not to be machines that are just doing, 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 doing. And so for this reason, as well as many others, we put more emphasis on the being. And what often arises, and too commonly arises, is um, the kind of question where um, we're talking about being and, and putting the emphasis on the being, and then someone comes along and says, yeah, well, that's fine, but in my daily life I have to do. And, and if I'm just, I'm just being, then um, how can I live my life? And, and I think it's important to remember that in the meditation, we're in a particular context. And we're putting emphasis on the being for particular reasons. And, and in doing so, we're not saying that there's no room in life for doing. Certainly there are times in, my, in our lives when we do have to do. There is a need for doing. And in fact, if we look at this middle path, um, I spoke last night about the Buddha pointing out the extremes and, and saying, well, there's this middle path, this path of balance. And, and then the Buddha went on and he gave the middle path as being, and I'm sure most or maybe all of you are familiar with it, he gave what he referred to as the Eightfold Path. And he gave a path with eight aspects to it. And when we look at the path, when we look at this Eightfold Path, we see that included in it are right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort. So at least four out of the eight, we could look at them and we could say, wait a minute, these have some relationship to doing. And so it's important for us to remember that that the, the being and the meditation practice which puts so much emphasis on the being is only a part of the past. And to remember that there is a place for doing. And yet at the same time it's important for us to look into this question of doing and being. And and seeing if we can come to some understanding of just what is meant by doing. What is doing? And what is being? What does it mean to be? And we have many ideas, and, and I hear and I certainly see within myself many different ideas coming up of what it means to be. And one idea that that commonly comes up of being, and I think this is where we get into the difficulty which gives rise to this kind of question, well, but what about in my life when I have to do? One idea of being that easily arises is that being is a state of just passivity, a state of complete inactivity, of inaction. And we think that the only way to really be is to just be sitting on the meditation cushion, not moving, not doing anything. And, and, and that idea 
can develop. And, um, and I would say that that is not at all what being is. Being is not, although being can include that kind of inaction and inactivity. Being does include that. Being is much greater. Being is not the exclusion of action, of activity. And I'm sure in our lives we've all had tastes of this or glimpses of this, a sense of this. Perhaps in the last couple of days here, perhaps in the Qigong, there's been a moment or two moments when there's been a sense of the body just moving, the movement just happening, where there's movement, but there's no sense of doing it. There's no sense of making effort to make it happen. The movement is just happening. Perhaps in the mindfulness of breathing, there's been a moment, half a breath, one breath, several breaths, where there's been a sense, a real sense of just body breathing, not me breathing, not my breathing. No effort involved, just breathing happening, life happening. Perhaps we've had the same sense in other areas of our lives, and not just on retreat, but in daily life as well. This sense of, of life just happening, just flowing along. And things are happening. Activity is happening. Things are getting done. Sometimes, often, things getting done more efficiently and more effectively without this sense of doing, without this sense of having to make effort to make it happen. And so when we look we can, this way, we can see that this sense of doing, this sense of being, is not just a passive, inactive, sitting back. There can be a being, a sense of being, in the midst of activity, in the midst of our so-called normal life or daily life. So being watchful for what idea of being is coming into the mind and being watchful of what we're, what we're taking up as a kind of an ideal and saying, well, if we're saying being, then I've got to learn to just be and to not be doing anything. And so easily in, with this, we have the idea that, well, I've got to just be. I want to just be. I want to learn what it means to just be. And then what comes up is the question, well, how do I do it? How do I just be? I don't know how to just be. And as soon as we bring in that how, as soon as we bring in that question of how, the being becomes a doing. And so easily we look for a doing that's going to be a being. <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it, work, it doesn't work that way. Being comes with less doing. <laughs> if we want to just be, we have to stop doing. 
the doing has to come to an end. And then there's the space for the being and for the knowing and the experiencing of just being. <laughs> so in our, in our practice, watching for this, watching to see when we're, when we're doing in order to be. And again, that's not to say that there's no place for action. There's no place for effort. There is. In, in the context of the retreat, with all the talk of, of just being, um, we also have a lot of talk with instructions, saying, do this, do this, do this. And we have a whole structure, and we have a whole form. And the structure and the form is all part of a, it's part of a doing. The instructions are all part of a doing. And, and very often it's necessary to have a kind of a structure. It's necessary to have a form. It's necessary to have something to do in order to bring us to a point where we can then start to drop the structure and drop the form and drop the doing. So if we just come into the retreat and the first evening I just sit up here and I say, okay, we're going to spend five days here in the retreat. Don't do anything. Just be. And that was all the instructions. I wonder what kind of a retreat we would all have. <laughs> so, so we give instructions. We give something to focus on. And we start, we start with a focus. And so in this case, we started with the focus on the breath. And then we open the focus gradually. We open the focus. We open the, the field of awareness to include other body sensations. And then moving through the body. And then gradually we can open to, to other experiences, to sounds, to experiences of mind. And, and gradually we can open in a way that we can drop all the doings and just be present, be fully present with what is. Be fully present with what is, whatever it may be. And in this comes the being. And so being isn't another idea of being, another another idea of just being, and this comes up maybe more in, in our so-called normal life, <laughs> abnormal, normal daily life, where we, we work and work and work and work, and then we get home and we just say, oh, I'm just going to just be. And just being basically means just <laughs> flopping out and spacing out and, and uh, just hanging out and kind of drifting along in a cloud. And, and that's not what being is either. That's not being. That's not human. <laughs> it's not living. Being is a way of living. It really is living. And so being has this quality of alertness and awareness, of mindfulness. It has a quality of, of presence. So we can, we can with, 
with the doing. We can start with the doing and then gradually, once we come to understand the doing and get some understanding from that, then we can gradually expand and we can gradually start to drop the structures. And, and in the dropping of the structures, in, in the letting go, in, in coming to a point where we have, perhaps have a trust and a confidence that allows us to not rely on the structures, to not rely on the forms, to lose the need, to lose the dependency on them. Then they can be let go, and then we can come to just being. So there is a place for doing. Doing has a role. And and when we put the emphasis on being, again, just to remember that it has very specific purposes. And it's in a particular context. And it doesn't mean that we just live our whole lives not doing anything. This, this idea of, of just being can, in daily life and in retreats, can lead to, it can lead us into a kind of passivity. And it can lead us into a kind of laziness. And perhaps we can see, um, we, we can come to the, we can come to have this sense of just being. Well, we can have some idea of what it means to just be, and we can catch ourselves doing, 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 and then just think, oh, I just have to stop this doing. I'm tired of this doing. And, and this being tired of the doing, or this wanting to stop the doing, can lead into, again, just kind of drifting off into daydreaming, into spacing out, into laziness. And sometimes when we catch this, when we notice this in ourselves, when we notice ourselves drifting into this, sometimes this is a moment when there is a need for a degree of doing. To catch ourselves and to see where's the place for wise effort. One aspect of the Eightfold Path is wise effort. And to be watchful in the practice, to be watchful in the, in the time, in the days here. And seeing, where am I just slipping into laziness? Where am I slipping into ease? Where am I slipping into comfort? And seeing if perhaps it may be skillful or it may be helpful to just put in just a, just a pinch of wise effort. Not a struggle, not a forcing, not a pushing, but just a pinch of wise effort to bring us back to the mindfulness, to bring us back to the interest, the interest and the mindfulness of the here and now, of what's actually happening.
Satu sejak dia. With um, with being, another another confusion that can arise with this sense of being is that um, very easily we can associate the sense of being with a pleasant feeling. And so, particularly in the meditation, but I think also in our daily lives too, but particularly in, in the meditation, when we get to some point, when we get to, get to a point, or when a point arises, when a, when a condition arises that feels easy and feels pleasant and feels good, We cannot easily get the sense that, well, this is, this is what it means. This is how it's supposed to be. How it's supposed to be. And we can very easily come to associate being with pleasantness. And again, being, this state of being, includes pleasant states. But being can also include the unpleasant. Perhaps we've had some experience of being in a situation which is uncomfortable, which is unpleasant, and yet at the same time there's a sense of it just happening. It's just part of life. It's a flow, even though it's uncomfortable and unpleasant. And when when this happens, if you've experienced it, and I, and I know I've had this experience at times, where there's this there's the uncomfortableness, the unpleasantness, and the the particular experience that comes to mind is riding on buses in India. There's, a, there's an unpleasantness and a, and a discomfort in it. And yet at the same time, there can be a sense of ease with it and a sense of, and a, and a sense of, of joy and appreciation along with the discomfort. And a real sense of, this is life. This is life happening. There's nothing to do with it. There's nothing to do about it. There's no need to do anything. And in that, in that situation, in that circumstance of the discomfort, there really is a sense of just being. And it's, and it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful feeling. And it's, and it's, it's wonderful when we can have that, that that feeling of joy and that feeling of appreciation and that feeling of, of happiness, even in the midst of the difficult, the unpleasant. And we hear so often, and perhaps we've met people in this situation, we hear of people who have very severe and very painful illnesses. And yet these people have something about them. There's something about them. There's a vitality. There's a life. They're, we see that they're, they're human beings. And they're really being despite this. And I remember, um, I, I, in the past I've worked as a shiatsu therapist. And I remember when I, 
when I was doing my training, um, just when I finished, I, I just finished the training, and um, my teacher came and, and said, well, there's this man, and um, I want you to go every day and, and see him and, and work with him and do some shiatsu on him. And he gave me the address, and, and that was all he said. And, and I went to this man's home, and he was, uh, it turned out that he was, he was dying of cancer. He had cancer of the liver. And the doctors had said that he had about five or six weeks left to live. And, um, and going into the house, he was, he was at home living in his sister's home with his sister and his brother-in-law, his sister's wife, his sister's husband. And went into the house and, and started talking to them. And, and they were, oh, they were, they were sick. <laughs> they had, they were, they were taking care of him. And their way of taking care of him was to close all the shades and keep the house nice and dark and, and quiet and, and peaceful. And, um, uh, it was pretty grim. <laughs> and I went into his room and he was lying in bed and, um, and, and, and his sister told me all about his condition and, and that he was, he was expected to die in a few weeks and, and that he was in a lot of pain and so on. And I went into the room expecting to see this man in real misery and, and I, I went in and here's this man sitting up in bed, a big smile, and the first thing he says is, hello, you can ask me anything you want. And, um, and I, oh, <laughs> and, um, and I, I said, oh, okay, and I asked him a little bit about his condition, and, um, and I, um, and I started doing, I did some shiatsu on him, and fine, went off, and so on, and meanwhile, his, um, his sister came in and said, you can't die, you can't die, there's so much that you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> And, and here's this man just sitting there, very peaceful and, and, and very open and very warm. And, and I went back second time and, and went in and did some shiatsu and, and, um, and chatted a little bit with him. And I went in a third time and he said, you know, I really meant it. You can ask me anything you want. If you want to ask me about dying, if you want to ask me how I feel about it, what I'm thinking about it, go ahead. And here was, here was this man who was really being in the midst of this pain, in the midst of dying. And so being isn't restricted to pleasant situations. And I wonder in the practice, in the meditation, in the Qigong, if we can bring that attitude in, if we can bring that into our own practice and see in the moments when we're experiencing pain, when we're experiencing discomfort, when we're feeling so tired or just need a break, oh, I've done an hour sitting and 45 minutes of Qigong, I just need a break now, I'll just go outside. And just, just to, to, to experience the discomfort to experience the unsatisfactoriness in that moment and see if we can just be with that. And in finding that 
in, in coming to that, just being with it, there really can be a tremendous joy and a happiness and appreciation and a tremendous opportunity for learning, for insight, for understanding. Very often, the doing is an attempt to take us away from what's actually happening. And the doing actually keeps us from coming to the understanding. And so seeing if we can bring this attitude into the practice, moment to moment, pleasant, unpleasant, to just be and not to be in a way that it's forcing and that it's a struggle and that it's torture. But to be in a, in a sense of, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to inquire into this. It's okay to look into, really look into what's happening right in this moment, whatever it may be. bringing that attitude into our practice and and seeing where we are bringing in this sense of doing and seeing where this sense of being is coming in is showing itself because it has to show itself it's not something that we can do it's more an allowing The less we do, the more the being shows itself. And and in that sense of being, again, remembering that there is room within being for action. There is room for activity. There is room for things to happen, even in our daily lives. Whether we have a sense of doing or a sense of being, our life still goes on. Our life still happens. And then we could kind of go another step in the inquiry. And we could look into being and doing and perhaps say, well, what's the difference? What makes the difference? What's the difference between being and doing? And I think if we look, and I think we don't have to look too closely or too carefully, but I think if we look, we can see that to a very large extent, the difference is simply in the, the form of the relationship, the relationship to what's happening. And and um, I think what I mean by that is that in in the sense of doing, in the in the experience of in, of being, in the in the experience of being, in the taste of being, there's um, there is this sense of life happening. It's a sense of life just happening, not needing my interference, not needing my effort, my doing. It's life happening. And in doing, when there's the sense of doing, there's very much a sense of 
มีสบายและ perhaps the only difference really when we come down to it perhaps the only difference between being and doing is this sense of I whether or not this sense of I is present so look look in the practice not just in the formal sitting or in the qigong but through the day pay attention and see if there is this sense of doing is there an I here and look in the sense of, of being is there an I here Where's this me? And I think we'll find, I think we'll find that in the being, there's m- at least much, much less of the sense of I. And in the doing, there's much more of the sense of I. And if we can see that that being can include activity, that the things that we normally think of as doing can still go on even with the sense of being then what does this say about me what does this tell us about the reality the truth the validity of me And to to begin to look in this way and to begin to ask these questions really is to begin questioning who I am. Who am I? Who is this me? What is this self that thinks it's doing all these things that would probably happen even if I didn't think I was doing them? Is um. There's a, a line in um, one of the. I just want to read a paragraph from one of the discourses of the Buddha. And um, a lot of the discourses of the Buddha are kind of um, long and repetitious and um, and difficult to figure out what he's actually saying or what he's actually pointing at or what he's actually meaning. And um, this one happens to be very direct and very few words. And the title of this discourse is the way to bliss and I think all of us would like to know the way to bliss we'd like to uh, to be able to experience that and to know what that is and uh, so the way to bliss and then it starts out with um, somebody coming up to the monk to coming up to the Buddha and asking a question and he says I wish to question you about the state of peace the state of solitude and quiet non-attachment. With what manner of insight does a monk become calm, cooled, and no longer grasps at anything? Okay, so here's this this guy coming up to the Buddha and saying, "How can I, how can I really have peace? How can I really find no?" True peace, and no longer be grasping at anything, and be calm and be cooled. And then the Buddha says, very directly, he achieves this by cutting out 
the root obstacle, the delusion, he eradicates all thought of I am. By, me, by being mindful all the time, he trains himself to let go of all the cravings that arise in him. So here's the Buddha also challenging this, this belief of, of the reality of this self. Questioning whether there is this need to be doing. Is there really a need for a, for a me to be doing? Or is life just happening? Is life happening? And I think this is an important question for all of us to look into. And not just to accept the Buddha saying that this is a delusion and cut it out. But to really look into our own lives and see, is this true? Is this true for me? Is this sense of I limiting me in any way? Is this sense of I controlling me in any way? And seeing if we can come to some understanding that just allows, just allows for the human being within us to appear, to reveal itself. And with that, with the allowing of the human being, the joy and the happiness and the peace and the love that comes with it. And let's sit together for a few minutes of being in silence. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.